if you're like me, you want to get your business ahead, but there's certain skills you need, but you just don't have. If this sounds like you, then you need to head over to Fiverr. They have a whole array of professionals that can help you in different areas from design to writing, marketing, and more. They have you covered. I seriously can't tell you how much Fiverr.com has helped me along with this podcast. Um, I've used them so much for this podcast. It's been unreal. They make my flyers. They go ahead and um, I hired this guy to help me upload the each episode and in the beginning in order for me to be all over the place it was I was totally going on Fiverr it was I seriously just it's I've gotten so much for my business through them so please use my link which you can find in the description of this episode or you can go to MarcellaAlonzo.com and book there through Fiverr today you'll be glad you did Hello and welcome to Sunday Funday with Marcella Alonzo. Today I welcome the comic Sancho Sanchez. <laughs> welcome, oh. welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for uh, coming on my show today and uh, your brand new comic, right? I'm sorry. When did you start as a comic? Uh, oh, I started, I'm, I'm basically going on my five-year anniversary um, in August. It'll be my five-year anniversary. Wow, five years. Five years. And so I'm a baby. I'm still a guppy. You're still a guppy? That's okay. Yeah, but I'm at the yeah. head of the pack, though, my other guppies, I think. <laughs> yeah. So where originally are you from and what brought you into comedy? So I'm originally from L.A., uh-huh. Uh, born and raised in the East Los Angeles area, an area called El Sereno, which is just mm-hmm. outside of Boyle Heights in East L.A. Um, I was raised there. Then I bounced around. I went to school in Phoenix. And uh, now I find myself in Long Beach. Uh, I've been here in Long Beach for 20 years now. So I really uh, um, I promote Long Beach. I, I rep Long Beach. I love Long Beach. Uh, it's it's a fun place to live. I don't know if you're familiar with Long Beach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar with Pine Street. I, uh, oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'm just a couple blocks from there in downtown. Uh, downtown's, uh, it's been gentrified, but it's it's gentrified in the sense that it's still multicultural. That's the thing I like about it. There are mm-hmm. still a lot of minorities, a lot of Latinos, Blacks, and uh, it's very, still very mixed. It's not just become some homogenous uh, you know, white area. It's, it's, it's very, still very mixed. It's just, uh, you know, the rent has gone up and, you know, the rent's gone up in long, because I remember back, I left in 2019. So the rents were cheap. I remember like a thousand dollars for two, but I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with the newest buildings coming up now, I mean, they're very nice. Mm -hmm. These are like really beautiful buildings, but they're like 3000 for a one bedroom. I that's in yeah. Long Beach, like yeah, but, yeah. but this is just the the like right by the coast. These are like the most exclusive buildings you're you're talking about. But that's affected all the other down market stuff as well, right? So, so places that maybe you could have gotten for uh, fifteen hundred a couple of years ago are now you know two thousand and twenty five hundred and so on. So damn, I everything. still love living down here. Yeah, no, it's the beaches are very very nice over there. Yeah, yeah. And then I love um where is it that uh God, there was somewhere one time because I was filming on a commercial and it was a beach area, but it was what's that little island Catalina? It was a nice yeah. little area. Uh-huh. And, yeah, you would take a boat from here, right here, right down the block here and took Catalina Island. 
some one time I worked on a commercial down there and I just remember I was like oh my gosh this area is so gorgeous and so pretty a lot of people don't really when they think LA they think Malibu yes they, they think yeah. Santa Monica, Santa Monica but there's, yeah and yeah. they often forget Long Beach is like its own mini LA within LA within yeah. the county because we have everything LA has we have performing arts center we have uh, museums we've got coast we've got uh, a lot of things to do so a lot of people who were born and raised here tend to just stay in, in Long Beach. You know, you can literally just kind of stay here uh, without having to go to LA. And it, but it's not like suburb. It's not like suburbs either. Yeah. It's, it's just that traffic though. If you do go to LA on the, uh, God, I can't think of 710 freeway. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's no fun. I don't, since I've been um, back in New York, I, I don't drive at all. Sure. And, and I don't miss it. I just, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, but there's, it was nice though. There's a lot of parts of me. I do miss, um, Los Angeles. I wish I could be by coastal, go back and forth. Cause it's so much, uh, so much culture and in Los Angeles that people don't really realize. And, um, it's overlook. really big. That's why. Yeah. It's so big and diverse. And here I am like in New York with the five boroughs and it's not really like, it's, it's kind of like, even though New York is bigger, it's like, mm-hmm. yes smacked all together it's all smacked together in LA you know you can go to the from the IE all the way to Lancaster to Long Beach it's it's you know it takes days to traverse the entire LA area so there's it's a little harder to find things and it takes time to develop where where get a sense of where things are laid out at but uh yeah. Your your question was I didn't really answer your question. You said how did I get into comedy? Yeah, how did you start? How did I start? What so was the I, little inkling to make so, you So I was always funny as a as a child. Mm-hmm. Um looking back when my 20s I used to think well maybe I developed it as a a, a mechanism to kind of get along with the kids to avoid bullying, that kind of stuff. But it just came, flowed naturally. You know, you don't really think, you don't write things down. You don't, you're just, you're just funny. I say, always hear people say, oh, you should be a stand-up comic. You know, you're going to grow up to be a stand-up comic. They would always tell me that. Um, now, here's here's a, another story within my story. So how, how did I become funny? Well, I, I guess I got it from my dad. My dad was Puerto Rican, but I've never met my father. I never met him. Mm-hmm. Now, one day I'm living in... Uh, La Puente, okay, and I know you not like La Puente because I heard you say that. On one oh, the yeah, they got so good food. Yeah, <laughs> I'm living with my brother, um, about 20 years old. I'd never met my father. My brother, my older brother, is 20 years older than me. He never met his father, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's the dynamic within the family, and so I never had this father. So I'm living with him, and I just happened to walk by uh, his and my his wife's like bedroom one weekend as they're inside there talking so I just walked in and she says uh she's asking him she goes hey uh you know my first name is Mark by the way mm-hmm. Mark and she says uh Mark um, I was asking Andy about his father what he knew and so uh he told me his name what he knew the little bit he knew he says what's your father's name I said and I only knew this because I'd gotten my birth certificate a couple of years before mm-hmm. and I said oh I know his name is Pedro Montano <laughs> okay so uh, that's all I knew and then my brother was a mailman. He just happens to go, you know, that's funny. He goes, isn't uh, Pedro? And I knew a guy named Pete Montano that I worked with at the post office. Pedro, isn't Pedro the same thing as Pete? And I go, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, Pedro and Pete are, are interchangeable. It's American version of Pedro. And so then he goes, and it's funny because he worked at the, po- I worked with him at the post office and he retired a couple of years ago. And he goes, that's weird because um, he worked at the downtown terminal annex in, for the post office back when mom worked there. Our oh. mom worked at the same spot 30, 20 years, you know, 20 plus years ago. Right. So it's like, hmm, that's fishy, right? Uh-huh. And he's going, well, okay. And he goes, he, you know what? He goes, now that I think about it, he's funny just like you. He's always making people laugh and he's a big joker. He's, he's really funny. And then this is even more incredible. He goes, uh, not only did I work with him, he retired, but I deliver mail to his house once a week. <gasps> so, this is your, oh my God. Yeah, so he's telling me about this guy and he's starting to put the, connect all these dots in his head and i'm just listening to this like no way really like and then he goes i think i have to talk to mom about this and so my our mother's never been forthcoming about you know and none of us us boys because there's four of us we never really asked her about our fathers so we just so i grew up that way and i just never felt like the need to, to to go out and meet him it was just this just I had this independence, I guess, that I grew up with. So mm-hmm. he he says, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to her. And he did. A few days later, he had the conversation, and he shared it with me, and he said it he was definitely him. And she admitted to having an affair at the time with this oh, man, Pedro. The mailman. Yes, the mailman. <laughs> she worked in the post office. Now the dyna- dynamic there was that she started in the post office in the late 60s at a time when it was really tough. I mean, you know, being an uh a uh, single mom, you know, going to uh, this, she said there was a lot of racism back then. The blacks and the Latinos didn't get along. Mm-hmm. And so Pete to her was uh, uh, what she told my brother was kind of like uh, under, you know, he, he took her under his wing. She felt protected because mm-hmm. he had some status there where people respected him. He'd been there. She once got uh, threatened. So somebody told her, uh, some man told her, uh, an employee, mind you, told her, I'm going to kill you, little white woman. He told her like that. Oh and so this God. was a very tough time for her. So yeah. obviously they developed a friendship. It turned into something much more than that. Right. And so she never told him about it. She kept it quiet and just raised me. And I'm like 10 years beyond. So she was already 38 years old. Uh-huh. She was a mother of three at the time. And so, you know, then, you know, uh, my brother ultimately had to tell Pete about it and so he went back to his house and told him uh met him one day he gets to his house and he's not there and it was like oh he's told me that he wanted to get it off his shoulder is his his chest right and Uh so he was kind of disappointed they weren't there but then uh, after a couple of minutes they showed up and so he called him aside and told him he he said as soon as he saw his face he knew 1000 percent that this is Mark's dad, right? Like he knew. Oh, wow. Doubt he might've had, he knew he could just tell just seeing him, his face, his features, everything. And he said, uh, uh, you're my, my, my younger brother is you're his father. So then it became this thing. And I had to wait a few weeks and ultimately he gave me a piece of paper and said, this is Pete's number. This is his address. If you want to contact him, you can, you know, and I wish I could say that I did, but I didn't. Mm. I didn't. I did and not. you didn't I was 20 years old and I didn't have any inkling of doing it it just wasn't you know I I, I thought about it for for weeks and I didn't and uh you know my mom passed away eight years ago now and he was an wow. older man than that but uh from what I understand at least I knew that I got my funny from him 
that's yeah. that's where I got the funny comes from. It, wow. was, just, it was sort of like genetic, I guess. And he was genetic. Yeah. The personality guy. most likely. Yeah. And uh, so he, 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 he has children out there. So I, I have biological. Have you done the, uh, I did the ancestry.com. Yeah. Have you done that? I, I helped my niece once try to put together. She was doing it and she wanted my help, my input from what I knew, because I had a, a tie to my mom and, and, and uh, saw a couple other people. So I used their information. And then I did go on a little rabbit hole to see about my father. I was more interested at the time. And from what I yeah, it's hard to kind of piece together who someone is because you see different addresses and stuff. But from what I could yeah. gather, he had already passed away. You know, um, so now as as a fifty year old man, I, I regret it. I do regret. You it. regret it, okay? Yeah, but um, yeah, I guess there's some siblings out there who, if I, I'm sure if I showed up wow. and knew them, they'd be able. So to what are, what were you? What is your your uh, cultural background? Um, Mexican American. So my father was Puerto Rican from New York. Right. That was one thing. Oh, the other thing I knew about him was he was from New York. My mother's Mexican American, um, fourth generation. Right. Um, um, my in fact, we have a document uh, that my great grandparents came across the border in 1905. Yeah. Uh, so they they were moved to Arizona. When I when I lived in um, L.A., I remember I met like a family from San Diego, and they had lived they had lived in the same house mm-hmm. before they were Mexican American. But they basically have lived in the same house before the, it was the same house before it was ever even the United States. Okay. Like their family had not left wow. that area in. Yeah. And they before. spoke, you know, todo español. Yeah. and they, they lived there and they literally, their family like had been there right when it turned or something like that. Like they had never left the spot. So yeah, yeah. Uh, basically all of California is Mexico, you know. Sure. That's, that's how I feel like. like oh, yeah, that's what you, you hear all the streets. Everybody comes over here. Everything's Santa this, San this, San Santa yeah. Monica, San Diego. You know, it's all, yeah, influenced yeah. by that. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, in terms of like who, so I think that was my, where I get my funny from, but like in how I got started in stand-up wow. comedy. Uh, it was, so it was something that people said I could do. I believed I could. I always think of like the story. Um, I was one time watching a, the comedy store. They produced a show on TV. It was it was like I believe it was, it was a, a tribute to Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. and they had Polly Shore and a lot of the other comedians at the time, big names. This was probably twenty five years ago, and um, I remember they had Jim Carrey on there, and he did some comedy, and he shared the fact that uh, he said he remembers watching Richard Pryor on stage with his father in Canada, which is where he's from, and he remembers going like, "Wow." I could totally do that. You know, that that's mm-hmm. kind of how I've always felt when I seen comics, like nobody, mm-hmm. no, no comedian really inspired me to become one. I've always felt like that's something I can do. Right. Even though right. I'd have to learn the, the process and all that, but it's always something I felt in myself that I could do, but I was afraid of failure. So yeah. for years I put it off. Mm-hmm. I put it off. I, I I made excuses. Oh, I have a day job, which was totally ridiculous because I can do it at night. But it ultimately came down to I'm 48 years old. And I said, I I was recommended some coaching, you know, mm-hmm. and I went to something called the Landmark Forum. Maybe you've heard of it, Landmark Forum. And they're all over. They're in New York, LA, all over the world, actually. And it's basically mm-hmm. like a, a coaching session, group coaching uh, and I just had such a breakthrough in one weekend that uh, I went out and I went to my first open mic and I never stopped. I just 
It, it got like an addiction. Time. Yeah, no, it was more than an addiction. It was like finding myself right. because for years I was like a, a, a hobby whore. I just had a different hobby every year. Right? You like had I just a this. different hobby and it wasn't satisfying you. Yes. And I would, I would peter out. I would have all this interest, spend money, you learn, and, and then become this little mini, ex, you know, like a novice in it, you know, a little mini expert. And then I would just give it up. I was into saltwater aquariums. I was into sports cards and memorabilia. I was into cigars. And, mm-hmm. you know, I one time took scuba diving lessons and I don't even know how to swim. That's, that's how ridiculous. Oh my God, scuba diving didn't even know how to swim. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It was so embarrassing. But uh, so this kind of like, once I found comedy, it was like, I found my tribe and I, I, I just had put it off. And the coaching is what, what really was the tipping point for me to pursue it. And uh, yeah, here I am. Oh, that's great. So what, where did you start off? Like, what is the, the what uh, club did you start off at? Well, you start at open mics. That's, that's mm-hmm. where you start, which is absolutely right. No, but you're, you're, you're like club that you go to like continuously that you book, I should say like that. Well, yeah. well right now there's a couple of them that I'm, I'm, I'm getting booked at. It's uh, like the, the laugh factory and then the stand-up comedy club in bellflower, which is a local club. You probably, they've only been open like just over a year. And so mm-hmm. right now I'm getting in through uh, the independent booker route, which is, uh, you know, comedians I know who I've networked with who themselves do shows there. Um, uh, I have uh, coming in September. I do have a, be hosting for Alfred Robles, which is a big, uh, uh, Alfred Robles open for a, uh, uh, fluffy, you know, at, at Dodge yeah. state, uh, last year. Did you, uh, you heard what happened to fluffy today, right? No, no. Oh, you haven't seen it. It was on TMZ, even though this is probably going to be on a later date. He was landing a plane uh-huh. not, he wasn't landing no. the plane, but his, um, he was on a private plane and it went off on North Carolina, um, in North Carolina. Oh, is he okay? Mm-hmm. it's all over the news but um you know it, it seems scary because half yeah. of the plane looks like it uh we almost lost fluffy <laughs> <laughs> wow, we all yeah. no i was like kind of dumb i was like oh gosh and uh, and um i saw it on tmz and then uh and then he was there with his little dogs how cute <laughs> you know because he's got little chihuahuas sure. um like i do Mm-hmm. and uh poor guy yeah that's scary so he's in a private jet and i guess it landed or skidded or somewhere off oh okay yeah pretty pretty sc- have you uh had a chance to tour yet speaking of scary travels no, no i'm not at the touring stage of my career yet uh but i, I have gone on a couple of, of smaller road trips with some comics uh, mm-hmm. i've gone up to northern california and i've gone to vegas so i've got a little bit of experience doing that that's a uh, that's fun, you know, gives you a that's a, stuff Yeah, bomb. that's a that's a start. That's a yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a start to see how uh and Bay Area is sure nice over there. Uh and Vegas is more of a different audience with uh the tourists and all that. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. that's uh, yeah, where I was at it was more of a local local Oh, local okay. Place. So Pretty growing good. up, did you have any particular favorite comedy um comic or any talk type of show that you were like continuously watching before Oh yeah, I've always been a huge fan of comedy. Uh, the uh, from SNL, you know, back in the day to Cheech and Chong records. I remember we had I had cassettes of uh, Richard Pryor that we listened to. Um, then uh, of course, stand, all kinds of stand-up comics. You know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm I have quite a broad uh, range of the kind of comedy I like. I like dark comedy. I like uh, goofy comedy and everything in between. Uh, yeah. 
so yeah, definitely. Uh, in fact, I, I consider like people say about like, does it, did any of them influence you? I guess on some level, yes. But to me, I consider the, the ones who are influencing more are the ones I actually work with. You mm-hmm. know, the ones I'm, I know on a, I work with on a weekly basis in and on, in and out. Um, those are the ones who I, I consider real influences, not people who I've just seen on television or. or uh, yeah, because sometimes when you're, when you're that close to them yeah, and yeah. you're watching the struggle, yeah. it's more realistic and everything. Yeah, getting advice from them, all that. Yeah. So your name isn't, so you just said earlier, and I caught this, you said your real name is Mark. Mark. How did you come up with Sancho San- Sanchez? <laughs> so What's this I, about? I, I've had that as a nickname for years. I don't okay. know how that came about uh, from high school. It just, it, it, it didn't matter where I would, I was in a warehouse in La Puente and they just started calling me that. I don't remember how. <laughs> then at my job, my day job, they they call me that. You know, a lot of the longer time employees uh, who know me for years, they call me that. Uh, it's like I never told anybody to call me that. <laughs> but uh, sometimes so those those names like Slaquito, Gordo, Cito, uh, yes. like yeah. they just stick out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And then then the, the name Sancho to me that it just made sense to go into comedy as Sancho Sanchez because of the uh, for a few reasons. Number one, because of what it means, you know, the, the connotation of Sancho is just yeah. comedic. And I have jokes about that, um, as well as um, uh, San, uh, well, Mark. Mark Sanchez, you're a New Yorker. So maybe you remember the, the New York Jets quarterback. Was yeah. There. I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. So he has like the unfortunate nickname of butt fumble. (laughs) And so the last thing I want to do is go on stage and have somebody yell, Hey, butt fumble, you know, like, so I'm just, just stood away. If he was Tom Brady, you know, then I'd be, I'd happily be comedian Tom Brady. Right. uh, I just want to separate me myself from that. And so I've had a lot of fun with that name. Um, And uh, it sticks out. I think people remember it uh, more than, than just Mark. Right. Now, this is a first for me because I have never, um, I'm half Puerto Rican myself. Yeah. My mother's Puerto Rican. Um, but I have never really uh, heard any guests that are half Puerto Rican, half Mexican. Yeah, there's um, quite a few of us out here. Yeah, I didn't. Um, well, yeah. when I it's lived in rock. LA, there was like one Puerto Rican restaurant in North Hollywood and all of, and it really doesn't count. Yeah. Um, you probably heard of Mofongos that's in North Hollywood, but um, you, there's quite a bit of you guys. Uh, I wouldn't say a lot, but it, it's a, I would say it's a, it's a small community. And I've, I've met a few, I'll just say uh-huh. that of, of people who are Puerto Rican and Mexican. So it's not, it's not common at all. Really? I have, I've just, you're my first yeah. here on the show today. And yeah. um, have you been in touch with any of your Puerto Rican roots since, but you didn't get to know your father? Or, I no? didn't get to meet him. So no, I, I don't. And uh, I, you know, often uh, I wish I did, you know, right. and I, yeah, at the same time, I, I don't want to be inauthentic on stage by now saying, oh, well, I'm Puerto Rican, you know, yeah. and start talking with some kind of New York accent. No, I'm not going to do that. Right. But I, I do wish, and I still would love to, you know, explore that just at least on a personal level. Um, you know, learn about it. And yeah, I could certainly, the more I learn, the more I can turn that into. 
when I did um, Ancestry.com, I learned a lot. Like uh, I did the saliva. It was just absolutely nasty. You're like spitting into this cup. But I was like determined to um, find out. And I had when it did it, it showed you like all this percentage um, and it had like a majority Spain. Um, I have a lot of indigenous, but pretty much because um, I was looking at like other people's um you know, ancestries.com and like comparing them, mm-hmm. everybody's Spanish. Like it all came from Spain, like <laughs> yeah, co- colonizing and everything. So we're yeah. all basically like, if we all have that Spanish root like that, that comes from Spain and we have that bit, we're all somehow related. It's, yeah. yeah. It's crazy to think. Yeah. We're, we're mixed. We're just a big mixed. Uh, yeah. We're a big mix, but some people like, um, like what every, Latino, like some have like a mixture of everything, indigenous and European and mm-hmm. a ton of stuff. So. Yeah, we come, uh, we, we look, we're the most diverse group of people in the world, probably. Yeah, no, yeah. we really, you really are. Yeah, yeah we're discovered. united with a, a common language. That's the unique part. Yeah, you know, you look yeah. Asians, but, yeah. But certain words, like when I, certain words are different for certain types of um Spanish, because I remember like saying, oh, yeah. uh, where's the bodega? Like <laughs> <laughs> when I first went to the West Coast and my friend's like, no, that means warehouse in Spanish. This doesn't you yeah. guys. Uh, yeah. So it, was, it took me learning. But then it was great. Like once I was there in L.A. and I love the uh, I sure miss the hell out of Mexican food because oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they don't have any of it. In fact, I have to go to Vegas soon. Uh-huh. And uh, I told my daughter, I'm like. Like we're gonna go here, we're gonna go there. You know what I'm saying? I miss yeah, them. Yeah. I need oh yeah, some- food is always a big thing. Like I'm gonna be going to Dallas in a few weeks, and uh, uh, I know out there you can get uh, maybe more so Houston, but uh, in Texas you can get some good Cajun food still, and I love Cajun food. Oh, you like Cajun food? And my, and my friend, he's a, a good purveyor of it because he's he's part Cajun himself, and uh, so. Uh, yeah absolutely love that food. oh but yeah. they have good barbecue over there yeah and barbecue and things like that so yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to that in the state so this is going to be your first time uh heading over to dallas dallas yes uh-huh yeah are you excited about this tour yeah 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 it's uh yeah absolutely yeah um, i mean I, it's a much needed uh break too just to get away from uh, my day job for a while you know yeah so, so you find my day job you know but it's yeah. So you do um, have a day job. We're trying to do comedy. And uh, how has that been? Has it been a challenge or? No, I, I, I like I said, all the, the roadblocks uh, that I put up for myself, they were all imaginary. Once I got into coaching, mm. Landmark helped me just clear all that up. And I realized uh, I was just making excuses and wasn't accountable to myself. That's what it ultimately came down to. Uh, so now I, I not only perform, uh, you know, 10, 12 times uh, a month. But I also produce two of my own shows. Uh, I'm also writing a book on comedy, you know, right now. Oh, wow. So yeah, what just, shows What shows do you produce? Uh, I, I run two local shows. Uh, one of them is at uh, Syncopated Brewing in Lakewood. It's mm-hmm. Thursday nights. And also Thursday, the alternate Thursdays is Lahara Brewing in Norwalk. They're two local breweries. They're great places. I've uh, been doing them for months now. Uh, they're... Uh, well attended they're they're really cool places all the, the comics really love them uh performing there i'm getting i'm building basically fans that's that's, right. that's the part about it 
is I get regulars who come in and I get to converse with them and give everybody a good time. You know, they get some beer, you know, some craft beer. Um, it's a free yeah. show. I got a budget provided by the venue. So everybody gets paid and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Oh, that's good. And then it, it, it helps you also understand the other end when yep. producing, yep. then, you know, like it kind of, because you're dealing with other comics and then some might fail, then you learn, okay, when it's my turn, I need to show up. I need to be on time. Mm-hmm. I yeah. need to be oh, yeah. accountable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When you're, when you're, see, there's this tendency when you're looking for bookings and you're asking and somebody says, yes, I'll put you up. And then three months later, you haven't heard anything. And then there's like, ah, oh, do they mean it? Did they forget? Whatever. And so sometimes people can get their feelings hurt just through the whole booking process. But once you begin booking shows yourself, you become much more, uh, uh, how would I say it? Uh, you, you understand other bookers. Uh, dilemmas is that you can't book yeah. everybody at once uh, you know you want to mix the show up you're constantly meeting new people and shuffling people around so it's not easy and it takes time and so you have to have patience and a little bit of persistence too i'd also add that helps your chances but uh yeah that, that you you learn so much in fact i'm writing a book uh, on comedy right now that uh is, uh, I can't tell you what it's about. <laughs> but it's You're still writing. With a, a, a publisher, a self-publisher uh, publishing place. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for that because I have my first meeting with them on uh, July. And just before I got on this call, I was working mm-hmm. on my book. But it is comedy related. In fact, when I have it done, I'd, I'd like to send you if, uh, part of the process is building a launch team. And so uh, once I do that, that, that in, involves uh, recruiting people to uh, send them a, a sample chapter or a free copy of the book and hopefully leave a, a review uh, on my book. Oh, yes. I'd be happy to get it. Uh, a, a nice book. I, I'm always open to that. So is it going to be um, telling your story like of your life or... It's more of a technical book. It's okay. How-to. It's a how-to okay. how book. To. Yeah. It's very unique because I, I literally can't find one on Amazon, which is, you know, which they and, liked because they said it's very specific. Right. It has a niche and that's what they say in publishing. Often people have an idea, but it's too broad. And yeah. So what they have to do as uh, uh, consultants is kind of get you to narrow niche the scope it. of your book yep. and get more niche. People think yep. it's the opposite, but that's actually the truth is you want it to be niche so that way it yeah no that that makes sense and I um because I have two different podcasts and um I've been trying to niche down with this podcast and when my other podcasts too as well Mm -hmm. and you do have to go niche down to get that audience yeah too broad as people be like what the hell is going on what is it about yeah right right Mm -hmm. and then yeah so that totally makes sense jokes are the same way you got to be very specific on jokes Right, right. And then know the area, um, know your area and your audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, yeah. especially as it goes in different cities or different ways and different. Um, so kind of why I like wanted to speak to some L.A. comics with their comedy, because I'm so used to hearing like New York humor. And yeah. now I'm not I'm not in L.A., but I miss it. And I sure want to hear what's going on in L.A. all the time. But because um, it just. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of like out of the loop of the West Coast now that I don't. How long have you been back in New York? Uh, Since 2019. I did. I did go to L.A. Like the first time I went um, after the pandemic. Where was it that I um, 
I've been twice back to LA the first time, like every, every, it was pretty much when everything was like locked down, but I got the vaccine and um, West Hollywood was where I'm staying. And it it has totally, totally changed. Mm -hmm. Like LA doesn't feel, but you know, what was weird is before I left, I had this weird feeling like um, something told me to leave when I did leave. And it was like way before the pandemic. So it was like perfect timing, but I kind of knew like, I remember I was somewhere and I said, this is unrealistic what's going on. People can't buy houses or, and I remember I, w- I forgot where I was. It was some woman that moved to the LA and thought she was going to be a realtor in Burbank. And I, and I was just seeing people like move away or, you know, they couldn't afford to be in LA, you know, yeah. for whatever reason. And I was, and I was like, I saw them kind of losing the middle class. And I said, I, I kind of knew something was going to happen at that point, but I didn't know it would have been COVID to like do disruption sure yeah Yeah, i kind of because it was just getting unrealistic the way um it was kind of sad though because my daughter was in school and she would have friends and you would see these hard-working families all of a sudden have to move you know like all the way to like uh i remember one of her friends moved all the way to the desert Mm -hmm. uh because they financially couldn't afford to be around the you know north hollywood area it's kind of sad like palmdale or yeah, like, well, yeah, and when I say the desert, not even Palmdale, like, they were moving by um, Palm Springs, one okay. of her friends. Yeah. yeah, like, that far away, That's far. That's right, far. because they couldn't afford it, and, and, and I just kind of knew, like, man, something's gonna happen, like, if one thing happens, and I just felt like it was unrealistic, um, I love California, don't get me wrong, Yeah, I love LA, I love the you people there. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I like, I love that area. Like, I love that area. So many places to go to. Um, but uh, I just saw like, you know, there's going to be some sort of change. And, um, you know, I remember first moving to LA It's all like these people, they just want to get into like the entertainment business. They're not really there to stay. And yeah. I noticed there was a cleansing of that, of those people leaving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying during sure. COVID and all that with the lockdowns. But uh, what's good is I do used... back in mass, though. I'll tell you that much. Oh, they uh, people oh, are coming back in mass. Oh, more and more people got into comedy than ever before. It was like as though they the pandemic caused people to have these moments where they're like, "Wow, we only live once. I got to do what I need to do." And so, yeah, the the yeah comedy ranks just filled up. Really, absolutely. Absolutely. There are so many comics now. Everybody's a comedian, as they have always said, right? <laughs> but oh, now man. it really is <laughs> the case. That's a tough job to be a comedian, though. It's not so simple. No, it's not. I, I mean, like I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm aiming to go from a six-figure job that I've had for 23 years to literally one where I, I have no certainty in it you no know, stable income yeah yeah and so that's where i'm aiming to do it so that's why like writing the book is part of that process is uh, if i could get some kind of like passive income through that that's a start um uh, and yeah i'm always yeah. gonna look for other avenues because stand-up comedy is 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 a pure is 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 it's a great launching point, you know, it could be its own thing. You can just do that, but it's also a great launching point. So I have these possibilities of getting into acting, getting, writing a screenplay. I'd love to do that. Uh, I'm not focusing today on those things, but uh, I know that I, I can create those possibilities once I have accomplished some of these other things. Right, right, right. That's the great thing about being a creative though. You can do 
whatever you want. And you kind of like, you do need to take charge of your own destiny to make yes. the ball rolling. And I think yes. you doing a book is an excellent idea mm-hmm. um, of sorts. And then you producing a show weekly because you're, 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 you're dealing with other comics and you're networking with other comics, but then also you're, you're, you're seeing what comics do, like if they flake, if they come late or something, you're seeing what they're doing. You're learning what not to do in a way too. By producing. Oh, I've learned from doing this podcast. And I have to say, though, and if any New York comics are leaving, listening to, but LA comics have been showing up on time, no issues, no problems. All you New York, I got to, I got to interview with a New York comic tomorrow. Let's see if he, he confirmed already, but um i've no i personally have noticed a big difference between the new york comics versus la however i do have some good friends they show up they're professional they're good they're at a good place right now because they show up they're accountable but um i have run across people that are flaky or lay or don't show i even ran across somebody one time um that didn't know how to turn on their webcam (laughs) and i was like are you serious huh technically challenged oh that's beyond what with the way I, I think with the pandemic everybody should have learned how to get on zoom yeah yeah it's it's basically point and shoot it's that's all it is and there's they just a, turn it on there's a yeah there's a, a, a what is it the little uh thing at the top where you just pull it you know that's it that's but yeah that's or i've had those paranoid people i have my my camera uh what did somebody tell me? They go, I have a tape on my camera because I don't, and I'm thinking you're in the entertainment business. What the hell are you putting a camp? Like you want, like you want some sort of, you want to be naked there. It's something get fizzed. So you get some sort of attention. Like what is up? Somebody literally told me that too. I put a, I don't use my camera on my computer. Because- note over the camera lens. Yeah. Yeah. They're Mm-mm. paranoid that, that someone's still watching them. Stop smoking so much weed, man. Like, <laughs> you know, stop smoking so much. So you, you, you get that paranoid at night. Uh, that is, uh, you know, that you, you gotta be, you, and I think in LA, the, the comics are like down and just ready. Like you guys are just down and ready. And uh, that's, that's cool. We need I've never, been, I've never been out there. I definitely. You've uh, never been to New York. No, no, that's definitely on the, the, well, it's not, I, w- I don't like to call it a bucket list because I, I intend on going multiple times, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely something I have to do. Well, uh, from what I hear from the comics, um, it's easy to get around with all those clubs opposed yeah. to like driving, like in yeah. LA, like. In LA, you got to really, do, you, you know, you can, in Hollywood, it's not so bad, but anywhere outside of Hollywood, then you have to go like to the ice house in Pasadena to Bellflower, to the Long Beach Laugh Factory. That's, you know, 50 mile round trip right there. More, more than that, 100 mile round trip. So yeah, yeah that, that's tough to do. And I, that's exactly what I've heard from multiple comics. I just had a, a good friend just get back from there. He, he hit several clubs while he was there. He said that same thing. They're just, it's very easy to traverse. It's for, yeah, it's easy for them um, to like move around but the audience though um in Manhattan I've noticed can be it seems like because I've been to a couple of shows like I go to a lot of shows out here and it's uh New York you could just get like a whole bunch of um people like working in the office like seems to be a younger crowd like millennials Mm -hmm. young young you know but not more reserved more like they were like one time I went there everybody's like this 
<laughs> like all and I, like such an awkward audience like loosen up right? oh man they were so <laughs> like like and and, and it, they were just so it was it, the last I think that's the last show that I went on they were just so uptight yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's what I noticed. Yeah, New York, I say the audience, they, they, to me, they appear more uptight. Uh-huh. You yeah. know what I mean? And then you got Taurus. I'll never forget, like, um, one night I was at a comedy show and it, it was like a, it was a very conservative crowd. And I'm like, what are they do like? And it was like a mixture of races and everything. And it, you could tell it was really, really conservative. And I was like, oh man, this is a, what are they even that, doing? That's that's the stand-up comedian's calculus. Every time we go to a show, we have to figure out what the audience wants to hear, and then have enough material to be able to meet that demand, if you will. Uh, I, one of the things I like to do, and I pass this tip on to other people, is uh, if it's a place, a venue I've never been to, I'll look it up on Yelp. I'll, I'll look it up on Yelp just to see if it's not a comedy club, if it's just a local, you know, bar or brewery or something like that. Yeah, who's in the audience? Yeah, so what what is the clientele like? Are they older? Are they white? Are they Hispanic? Is it mixed? Yeah, is, yeah I, I need to know that because then it'll give me a better idea of what jokes to prepare. Right. There. Um, so yeah. That, that's, that's but New York, I've just seen like a very stiff, like, I feel like in LA because you've got these different pockets of like Pasadena, you've got, you know, these different areas, you yeah. know, who, who the audience is going to be, but New yeah. York, um, because it might be tourists one day and you yeah. don't know where they're coming from. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And clubs can be, can be the same, mm-hmm. although clubs tend to be a little bit more mixed, but you know, there is a certain, uh, culture that goes with certain clubs, you mm-hmm. know, like the comedy store. You can. Oh, get I love. I love. Have you been able to perform there? Yeah, I did. I did the roast battle, and I'll be appearing also at the Val. Uh, I have a good inroad. I know the Booker, and I, I I have a good relationship with the Booker of the uh, Belly Room right now. So oh. I should be getting in there uh, pretty soon. I just I just need to ask. I just haven't um, asked them yet, but uh, yeah. Uh, that's a fun place. That's definitely uh, one of my. Favorites. That place is to that's, me very magical. Yeah. And um and out of all the clubs that's my f- most favorite to go to. I don't care to watch like headliners watch one comedian. Yeah. Um like I was in Tampa and Theo Vaughn was there and I was like I don't want to see the whole like just one comic, you know. I want to see a showcase is what it's I w- I like seeing more of a showcase. You yeah. get what I'm saying? Um and that like I used to love going there when I lived in LA cuz it mm-hmm. was just such a great and then you would go there and like, I've seen so many different comedians through the years there. And I don't like, I just don't like when you, you know, you go somewhere. I don't like seeing anything over 15 minutes of somebody. Um, yeah. And I used to enjoy that variety because I would always find somebody new and yeah. I'd be like, Oh my God, they're good. And then I'd, it would make me want to go look for that person, you know, yeah. for other things and, you know, see them again like that. Cause yeah. I would discover, always discovered somebody there. And it was just such a good, um, as a patron, it's such a good vibe and good energy. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. the only club in New York that I feel like is equivalent to that would be the stand. Um, okay. cause they've got good food and I've seen a variety of like, they do got really good food. <laughs> like lately I've been hungry, <laughs> but, um, 
you know, they have a good variety there. A friend of mine, she has a monthly show um, okay. over there, Hardcore Comedy. Alia Janine, she has a, a show that she performs every month. And then there's a couple other people that perform New York comics that I do enjoy. But it's a great spot. Yeah. And um, Is that to a, go a weekend to, show or a weekday show? I've seen everything there. Like, I've been to other places, I'll be honest. Like, I don't, I, I'm just, and I'm talking from a patron point of view. So it's different. Um, because I'm, I'm like the one, I'm the person you want to get in to watch the comedy show. Um, the environment of the stand, I really like, um, overall for, as the patron side, you you know, saying you you get a good meal, Mm -hmm. you see a good selection of comics. They have weekend, every day is something new. And then they have multiple shows going on. They will have headliners once in a while, but what's, what's crazy about me is, um, like I've seen Michael Shea. I've seen that he's performed there, but I wouldn't really, for me to sit for one person, yeah, for an hour I, have, I got ADD. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. Sure, like, sure, yeah. you know what I'm yeah. If I want to watch an hour special, I want to be at home yeah. watching it on TV. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I used to tell that to, to friends when I would uh, try to like get them to come out to uh, the uh, comedy store, like in the original room. I would say, yeah, come on, it's fun. And I said, they had, they'll be like, who's there? They want to know. They think like there's going to be some big name. I go, no, it's not big names. But you go, I go, even if a comic is not that good or to your liking, they're only up there like eight or ten minutes, so it's not a long time to wait for. The yeah, but with the comedy store, yeah. sometimes I used to go, and you'll be surprised. You get what I'm saying? Who you've seen through the you oh, know no, through the yeah. year? You can, you can get drop-ins absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen, I've seen everybody. Only person I never saw there, and I always end up missing, was Dave Chappelle, um, okay. that I would want to see. But like I saw Joe Rogan there. Um, but this is way before the pandemic. Like I've yeah. seen every day, a lot of you know. Um, They've all gone through there. Everybody. Yeah, like, but it would be just me showing up, so you never know. But it's a surprise. But to me, that's the that's the enjoyment of the comedy shows to see the different variety. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and so you, I think you have to be a person like, uh, like me that appreciates comedy. I never enjoyed me. I don't, I'm not a music person at all. I heard you say that. In the- yeah. Yeah. I'm not a music person at all. I could, it, you probably already know the spiel. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was a stripper for many years. Uh-huh. And uh, so when I hear, I believe Nine Inch Nails gives you uh, PTSD. Yeah, yeah, bad people, exactly, <laughs> bad. Yeah, yeah. And then I got some other song, like anything from Nirvana. Oh no, don't play Nirvana, please for me. <laughs> I get scared. But um, yeah, because I was a stripper for many years. Yeah. And uh, you know, on my days off, I would love yeah. a comedy show. I sure. still do. Like I, I like, I still like enjoy it to this day, and I love um. You know, it gets tempting. That's I great. see some some of my friends out and I want to go to their shows and you know what I'm saying? And kind of why yeah. I made this podcast because eventually I just wanted to meet more comics and, and you know, interview comics and oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Promote yeah. them. So you had so, Stephen Briggs on too, Steve. Oh uh, Stephen is guy. great. And he yeah. is you might be related to Stephen Briggs. He's Puerto <laughs> Rican. <laughs> yeah, he's Puerto Rican. That's right. Yeah, yeah. he's a fellow Puerto Rican, uh-huh. just like ourselves. So he's <laughs> he's great. He to me is like Oh, he's he next. Did, he's like he's he's gonna be he's, gonna he's it's gonna him. happen. And and he yeah. was a joy to interview. He is next. Yeah. Yeah, he is um 
you know what I'm saying? So it's great. I would like to, I kind of want to catch those people before yeah. Yeah. they, that would be good for me. Yeah. That would yeah. really. So you're, you've already gotten some, I've seen who you've had and uh, yeah, yeah you're, you're getting them. You're getting some people who are, who are really putting, cause it takes a lot of energy, you know, like a Stephanie Tejada, all the, all the. Oh yeah. And she, she's that, another one. And I see with animal. her, I yeah. hope she auditions for um, SNL. Saturday. Oh, I hope she does because yeah. yeah, she is so cute. You know what I, I'm going to say though? There's a couple Latina girls and I've recently interviewed some like a little Latina. I'm going to say I'm older than all of them. Okay. Yeah. So I can say this. These say? girls are funny. They are cute and they are talented. Yeah. They are. There's some, some female comics that are just, they're really doing the damn thing. And I'm really proud of them because you know, I, I, um, like Stephanie is just, she's just awesome. She's great. Yeah. And, um, I'm really hope she does like audition for sad. I see really good future for her. You know what I'm saying? And she's got a great attitude. Um, and that's, that's what you have to be. You have to be ready and, and, and ready to take interviews and not jaded and not. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's the, the ten, what is it? The overnight success that took 10 years or 20 yeah. years. It's really a lot of work. They're putting in the work and they're, they're, they're both great people. Um, that's what's yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, you're doing a good job too. If you've already come up with the concept of uh, writing a book, mm-hmm. that would be good. And then you've uh, you're producing a show like that. And it's the, these are the things that you got to keep, keep the, keep the wheels rolling and everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to, you, you, you mentioned it earlier about kind of taking the reins and becoming your, you know, setting your own direction because, you know, I mentioned stand-up comedy as a, a launching point to, mm-hmm. you know, movies, to, to a lot of other things, to acting, uh, to other forms of comedy. Mm-hmm. But the best thing to do is, uh, uh, you know, there's a million different ways to get where you want to go. It's not just one way. And some people kind of bang their head against a certain door, like they want to get into one club and one club only, and they're banging their head, trying to get the booker to like them, to notice them. Um, you know, there's other, there's, it's not the end of the world if you don't get booked at the comedy store, you know, there's yeah. many other successful comedians who didn't get booked there in the beginning. Uh, and you just have to keep moving ahead. Uh, that's, that's, that's the key, you know, and you do it by, by like networking to, to me, uh, networking is one of the biggest, uh, uh, underutilized tools you know it's because it's not just about how funny you are you have to be funny enough but you right know, and no the, ne- the networking and the social media which a lot of um it irks me when I see um comics and I've told them to do this I go get your pin tweet put your dates and pin that tweet or pin that uh-huh. ig so yeah. people can see like there's people like me that I'm like what am I going to do this weekend where am I going to go where am I going to go tonight or whatever and I look and I look for stuff and I look for shows that's what I do if I see somebody that I want to see or whatever like that and I see the date on their social media it's good but sometimes I'm looking at people's social media I'm like are you a fucking comic or what are you like <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying like oh, I don't yeah. know what you know are exactly. see if, if you see that as a patron of comedy and a big fan yeah. of comedy. Yeah. I see it all the time. I mean, yeah, I'm not buying your herbal life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I want to see yeah. a show. Like, Absolutely. That's part of, that's a lot of what's going into my book is that type of, uh, of, of knowledge that I've gained. And I get it. They, everybody has to make money. They might have a podcast, a Patreon, which by the way, I have a Patreon now that people can join for five bucks and see both go. of my shows. But, um, yeah, you have to like put it out there, let people know where you're going to be and all that in social media, update it. But I've seen some social, 
Shemitah. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's a job. It's a job. I mean, just before yeah. I got on here, I was, you know, posting my my next show. I have a schedule when I uh, at Saturday at noon, I post my my upcoming show. And then Sunday, it's the other show. And I have a whole schedule. It's it's all worked out. You know, it's details. It's, it's a work. It's a job. It's a job. It's it's part of uh, what I take on as a producer of a show. It's a different yeah. hat, uh, but it's still involved in comedy, which, which has other benefits too. Uh, now, I have to ask, with yeah. you dealing with so many comics and producing, what's the worst, mm-hmm. stupidest excuse somebody has ever showed up for not? Have you had like a, a like a really like you're like, huh? Are you giving me this damn excuse moment? I, I've heard of others. I, I've been lucky. I mean, somebody said that they, you know, uh, got into an accident, a car accident. So, oh, that happens. Yeah, yeah it happens. And I believe that person. They've since done my show. Right. And they're, they're great. Um, but I, I've been, I guess I've been lucky you know, so far, you know, and I've booked some really, I, part of, you know, when I book people is rep, their reputation is another thing that I look at, you know, that I consider oh, okay. how they're, you know, how they're perceived, how I perceive them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody's coming across or I hear that, oh, they're a little flaky, you know, yeah, they're funny, but they're flaky. I'm probably not going to book them. I just don't want to trust them. Uh, maybe gotcha. if it's for a 10 minute spot, opening spot, but I'm not going to give them the headlining spot if, uh, if they're that flaky. So uh, you, you can do your homework to try to mitigate. Okay. So you go by that. You, yeah. 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 You and haven't had no crazy excuse. Yeah. As well. So I haven't had any stupid excuses, but I've heard of some, you know, I've heard, I was involved in one show where somebody, yeah, just, just kept giving them the runaround and, Oh, I'm uh, now I can't find it. Like they were like literally texting them different excuses every 10 minutes. Now I lost my car keys and now, you know, Oh my God, they were a mess. Yeah. And they, they were, yeah, they were upset because they knew the real reason there was some backstory to the whole thing. And uh, yeah, but mm. yeah, it's, it's, it's your reputation is everything in, in any business. And uh, it's a shame that some comics don't seem to get that because they have innate talents. Right. And they want to be funny and put that side of the, the part, the, the, the business, the work in, but you got to do the, the business part, right? It's a, it's a show. Oh, business, yeah. Yeah. Show business. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know that, you know that. Uh, oh so. yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm more in the producing end and um, setting up appointments or trying to find comics or um, for my show. Sometimes me trying to reach out to certain comics that I'm like, that I've seen their act that I want to get on can be challenging too. That's uh-huh. a whole, yeah. Cause I'm like, Oh, do they do, you know, cause some people are, you know, they may not do podcasts for whatever reason. Sure, or, sure. You know I, I run into that occasionally where yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to a headliner and they're like, well, you know, I just don't do bar shows anymore. You know, I don't do uh, all shows, uh, which is fine. You know, I right, right, right. That. yeah, that's fine. Um, you know, so yeah, that, that's, that's part of the territory. Right. Well, Sancho, thank you so much for coming on. Can you please let my audience know where they can find you? Um, and uh, all your social medias. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Sancho Comedy, at Sancho Comedy. Facebook, I'm Sancho Sanchez. Uh, I run the two shows here. You'll find out all about my, my local produced shows, as well as any of my uh, other local bookings at other uh, local venues, as well as uh, comedy clubs like the Bellflower one, which I have in September. That's probably far enough out that I'll plug that one with Alfred Robles. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, All right. Thank you. 
Thank you. And I am Marcella Alonso. You can find me on my IG as Marcella Sobella. My Facebook is Marcella Sobella. My YouTube is Marcella Sobella. And if you go to MarcellaSobella.com, you can go ahead and join my Patreon for only $5 a month. You can see all my videos on both podcasts, Get Schooled and Sunday Funday. Thank you again, Sancho, for coming on Sunday Funday. Thank you for having me.